So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham, and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? This is the day the Lord has made. You say, let us rejoice and be glad in it. There you go, I did it for you. How is it that you will become free? How indeed? You see, there's a thing that we talk about. We talk to heathens. We preach to them the gospel with the hope that the Holy Spirit will indeed enter them and convert them from being non-believers and then to unbelievers. But then we act like the task of the church is over. We're done. Bag them and tag them. The truth is, the church is a life. It's a life. Because there's really only one way to be set free. And people will tell you otherwise, but I'll clear that up right now. First of all, it may seem like a minor detail. But it's kind of important to confess that you're indeed bondage and in bondage and cannot free yourself. The idea being you are painfully aware of a trap you are in. Apart from this revelation, the rescue somehow would seem pointless or even an unwanted intrusion into your life. As we look at the reading, we see many of the Jews had indeed come to faith. Yet their minds were still obsessed with their bondage to the carnal, worldly understandings. Their idea of discipleship was that of some external adherence, some sort of uh, adherence, obedience of professing allegiance to him as their leader. We've done it now. Jesus is Lord. But before you all decide to jump into a rousing verse of, I have decided to follow Jesus, we're left with a peculiar crisis of both faith and reality. You see, they were caught in the meshes of the same delusion which many hold to to this day. The so-called Lutherans that hold them captive. It isn't the t-shirt you wear. It isn't the super gothic, cool, Gaelic cross you have included on your entire sleeve arm tack. Or even the tremendous amount of money you have given to the church, although you are welcome to do that. So, the reality of this text the reality of the Reformation and the reality of everyone who says they are 2100 Boniface Parkway Lutherans is this. The continuing or remaining in the word of Christ, as Luther says, is the characteristic of the true disciples of Christ. 
The adhering strictly to the word which has left for you instruction in the Gospels and in the Epistles. There, we find Jesus revealed through the understanding of Jesus as the Christ, not the motivational speaker, not the helper guy. We have true knowledge, the knowledge of the truth, and the knowledge is the only factor which gives you the understanding of freedom. And contrary to popular belief, freedom isn't your mission strategy. Freedom is not your policy-based governance. Freedom is not your name on the roll since 1821. Your board meetings, your council meetings, your choir attendance, bake sales, epic potlucks. Those are not the marks of freedom. Those are excuserins. Now, excuserins sound a lot like Lutherans, but they aren't really, and I'll tell you why. Without Christ, all men are slaves to sin, Romans 5. Without Christ, you are slaves to whatever you love more than Christ. As Luther likes to say, whatever you look to for all good things, there is your God. Wherever your heart is, so also is your treasure. Without Christ, you are in prison, the prison of sin, death, and the devil, which often is a masquerade, a whitewashed tomb that looks less like Christian discipleship and a lot more like family obligations, like soccer, like work, like skiing, like snow machines, like sports of all sorts, laziness and apathy. Excuserins will always be quick to say they had an extremely good reason. I draw a moose tag, Pastor. And then six weeks after the season has been over, you're like, where are they? Nothing, because they drew an excuse tag as well. It's extremely sad because people are actively seeking ways to be disciple themselves to everything but true discipleship. And in exchange for what? At the end of the year, you have a plastic trophy. You have some moose meat. Or not, I've known you long enough, you don't always get moose. Maybe you have 12 to 52 hours more of sleep. Not if you're hunting moose. <laughs> Maybe you have $1,200 or $12,000 more. Maybe that was it. If that isn't prison, I don't know what is. The sad part is so many of the people who should be hearing this are not here. Now, certainly, as I'm telling you, I guess you'll just have to tell them. Okay? Making sure. See, bondage is, is sneaky, isn't it? It's really sneaky. 
It's as sneaky as saying, did God really say? Remember, the devil is green. He recycles. He always uses that best pitch. Or he'll say, am I my brother's keeper? Excuses. Or any other ways you pretend you aren't a slave to the devil and the world. So what do we have that's better than all those velvet bonds? We love to be bound up. The velvet bonds that whisper to us, it's okay, just stick close to me and don't worry about those judgmental people who really don't understand you or your life. Sound familiar? Bondage. We call it inconvenience. Bondage. We call it obligations. Bondage. You're in bondage. Modern excuserans so much are like the first century Jews we just read about. The Jews resented the inference, though they had never been into bondage. It's one of those things where they go, How dare you? How dare you? We are children of Abraham. And to no men have we ever been in bondage to slavery. How dare you? Not slaves to anyone. Ha! They forget for a moment that they were subject to the Romans. They forget also that their fathers had been subject to the Egyptians. The Babylonians, the Syrians, the Persians, and yes, the Romans before them. They were all conquerors and slave makers. Since Abraham had received the promise of a descendant that should rule all the nations, they were like, okay. They called themselves children of kings. It made them sleep better at night. They resented even the idea as though they needed to be emancipated, as though they needed to be set free. I'm so insulted. So, how different is the answer at 2100 Boniface Parkway? I've heard it. How dare you? How dare you? I've been a member here since 1431. I was baptized here. I was confirmed here. I was married here. So what if I'm only in church two to five times a year? Because that other stuff that we talked about. Instead of children of Abraham, they're like, we're children of Luther and have never been in bondage to anyone. So if you'll excuse me, I have a social, personal, and every other obligation to attend to as they leave. Do you see the connection? Pastors do. <laughs> this answer of Jesus shows that while those Jews had kind of quickly extinguished that small flame of faith which they had kindled in their hearts, their Jewish pride would not accept such a statement from Jesus. The pride of the human heart has driven many a persons away from church, a church that they professed allegiance to, even unto death before I fall away from these vows. 
Remember what that was? It rhymes with blonde formation. Because they resented the plain talk of the Bible regarding them as being sinners. Because they resented this plain talk and their human hearts were saying, you don't have to put up with that. They stand there free from the bond by the works of Jesus Christ in word and sacrament. They're out there free. And then they walk into the cell and they close the door and they marvel at their new so-called freedom they have for themselves. Which cries of, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Or, and we all remember, as was scrawled on the walls of our youth room, being in church makes you a Christian as much as being in a carport makes you a car. That's how you trigger pastors, just so you know. Those are the scrawlings of excuserans trying to line their prisons with velvet and sports trophies. Freedom, on the other hand, is this, and Jesus sort of gave it away. He said, so if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. So what is freedom? Is it free from being in God's house? Is it free from the word and sacraments given every Lord's day? That's the sentiment of some. But thankfully, we know that what true freedom is. In fact, the things of God for the people of God, that is freedom. That's a fancy way of saying here in God's house is the place of freedom. A place where only fallen and broken wretches gather to hear that instead of being basically good people, They are, in fact, prisoners to sin, death, and the devil. But it doesn't end there, does it? It ends much like it begins with, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of sins. This life of the simul justus et peccator is the one who hears, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The one that hears, take and eat. Take and drink. This is my body. This is my blood given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. Saints, these are the confessions of freedom. They're the words of Jesus. The release from bondage, the breaking of the shackles, the giving of freedom. Freedom is the Holy Spirit who tells you that your reason and strength are meaningless. I give you faith. Real faith. Real hope. Real freedom to be in the word and the sacraments of Christ. 
Freedom is the forgiveness of sins. And to quote that perennial Reformation document, for where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. God grant this for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please rise. peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and your minds in the one true faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.